This episode of the podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. If you're in school right now, there's more than just your grades that you need to care for. There's your physical and your mental health. With BetterHelp, you'll be able to connect in a safe, private online environment that's so convenient you can start communicating with your own licensed therapist in under 48 hours. Guys, this is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's literally professional counseling done securely. This service is available for clients all over the world. You'll be able to send messages to your counselor any time of the day, and you'll get quick, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can even schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp is just an all-around great service, confidential, convenient, professional, and of course, affordable. I want you to start living a happier life, and as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor, betterhelp.com slash listener. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash listener. It's the language of the universe. But I don't understand it. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Math and Physics Podcast. I'm your host, Parker. And I'm Ray. And we welcome you back to episode number 92, where this episode, ladies and gentlemen, is our closer for the year 2021. Yep. The last, last episode, episode of this year. Of the yep. entire year. Um, yeah, so pretty much half of the episode, or maybe not half, but we're going to go over kind of the podcast over the year 2021 and then afterwards we're going to do this like fan requested topic um jennifer from instagram she wanted us to talk about the pyramids and so we're going to do a little talk about the pyramids what we know about the pyramids like interesting mm-hmm. properties because actually we're gonna we're gonna get into it a little bit later but there's a lot the pyramids of cool are really cool pyramids, parker yeah. and i have so many conversations and arguments on the origination <laughs> of the pyramids and stuff like that so you know i think it, it's gonna be a fun conversation and also just one thing i did want to throw in there as well in this episode is just like a quick little recap i mean not that we know too much about these things anyways but just like anything that we know about just a recap of the year in physics because there were some pretty famous things that happened this year Muon G minus two, James Webb that launched less than a week ago, some crazy things. So we can probably touch up on them a little bit here and there. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. Hundred percent. So we can get so, into yeah. Before we get, get into, in, I guess this is getting into the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um. So we actually started off the year actually on January first of twenty twenty one. We hit three thousand followers on Spotify. And I remember this because, you know, it was the new year and I checked and I was like, oh, yeah, nice. We made, we made it to 3000. Yeah. And wasn't now, it like on the wasn't it like on the first or something that we saw yeah, that happening? It, it, like it, was it was on the, it was on the, the actual day. And yeah. Um, yeah, so now right now we're recording this on the 26th of December. So we're probably going to be a little bit more uh, by the time the new year comes. But uh, we're sitting right now at at 20.5 thousand followers so 
Wow. What is that? Like a six and a half, six, six and two thirds X. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So I would invest into that stock. I would we, invest into that. Stock. <laughs> if we can do that again next year, that would be, yeah. that would be pretty insane. Um, that would be crazy. Yeah. What six Xing from here? Yeah, that would be insane. We'd be, <laughs> we'd yeah, be at 120,000 next year. <laughs> would be That'd quite be crazy. crazy. Well, I mean, as always, thank you to everyone who like, you know, continues to listen and follow us on Spotify. Yeah. That 100%. is still our number one uh, section of our listeners and viewers and everything. It's still on Spotify. And we've had a lot of commenters from YouTube actually mention that they were on Spotify first and then they found us on YouTube or then they searched us up. I mean, I don't know. I don't YouTube know if it's too. like finding as we say it. Okay. I, finding episode. was the wrong word. They saw they saw no, that hey listen they're also doing a youtube thing so let's go check that out and we have a lot yeah. of like you know comments being like oh i'm coming from spotify you guys are really cool never seen your faces before and i think we've spoken about this before how everyone keeps confusing us so that's always funny to look at from our part too because we're obviously not used to it but mm -hmm. uh yeah that's that and yeah so Any, in terms uh, of uh yeah. in terms of downloads back in january like for the entire month of january we got sixteen thousand downloads Oh. And then, like, fast forward to, like, these past few months, we got, like, 40,000 downloads in, like, October, November. Um, so, yeah, just more people listening to the podcast. We're mm -hmm. definitely happy about that, obviously. Um, I'm really happy that people are just learning physics because it's pretty much the, the best thing that you can learn if you had to, like, rank everything. I mean, like, like obviously how, we would say that. But like, if you think about it, like how is, like how can anything be placed higher than studying the universe? Like how can, there's just no way. Physics is just Physics placed. in the in sense is the way of like questioning reality and really understanding yeah. the world around us. But like physics so in a way is it is a very fundamental science. It's intertwined with math. So when I say physics, I mean math and physics at the same time. Um, but yeah. This is pretty much the entire point of the podcast is just to get people to study physics because mm -hmm. it's just the most crazy, amazing thing ever. Or, or, so. or not necessarily study physics, just to get people no, interested yeah, I mean, or re-intrigued into yeah. physics. Because I, I still remember, again, these are just like comments that are just popping into my head right now that I'm remembering here and there. But I remember one individual who was on the older side of our viewers, I believe it was like 40 years old. And that was actually in the comment that I'm somewhere around 40 studied physics in undergrad, never cared about it after that recently found your podcast and it re-intrigued my, you know, my passion. And I'm like, what? We just got a 40 year old to like physics again. Like what? Like, you know, like that's not common, especially like at that, at a later stage of your life, like you're not always wanting to get into new things. But the fact that someone can still do that just means how much passion one can have for physics right or just science i should say science in general because we probably have a lot of science lovers here that also watch our podcast that we probably yeah. are flaming as we're talking <laughs> about liking physics no i think it's always a funny joke to make fun of chemists and, and biologists especially yeah it's exactly <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> so funny because it's it's so known that like physicists think that they're the best but i think it's like like i think even biologists have to acknowledge like yeah okay <laughs> i don't know okay physics is not the best like, though come on come on you know, there's not the best i'm obviously like, joking it to some degree <laughs> yeah of course of course i know I, I know you are too but i'm saying like 
in essence, like I think all of them have their own strengths. Like they all explain some parts of reality differently. So it's all just yeah. cumulative science. I do think, really. yeah, because at the end of the day, it's like there, there's physics and then like applied physics, chemistry, applied chemistry is biology. And so it's all the same thing. Oh, yeah. And then it's like applied biology is psychology and it just keeps going. But it's like all it's it's all connected in one stream. Mm-hmm. It's just wherever you pick to enter in that stream is just what you're going to do. Unfortunately, there's just too many things to learn. You can't really do all of them. And actually, interestingly enough, like when we do history of physics episodes, it's like the people that were in the year zero or even before that, every single one of them is like philosopher, mathematician, psychologist, like like Mm. all of these I don't, I don't really think psychology was a thing back in, back in that time, but you know, there were just all of the, all of the above. And that's because when you go into just studying in general, back in those days, like it wasn't separated. Like you, you studied when you studied uh, physics, you studied astronomy at the same time and you studied mm-hmm. philosophy, you studied math at the same time because they're all just together now it's just because we've discovered so much and things have become really complicated that one person can't really learn all of these topics anymore if you're going to study something you have to definitely specialize and just go even deeper because if you do everything then you can't really like you can just know things for yourself and be like oh i know a little bit of everything but if you're trying to like find something at the cutting edge of the research in that field, you have to kind of dedicate mm-hmm. your your path in that direction. That's what I said about, I think I've said this in another episode, but like as you continue, like there's just so much to know that it is literally impossible for one individual to know everything. And as I said, I think in a previous episode, I was like, I know less math this year than I did last year. And the meaning behind that statement is not not to be taken explicitly because basically what I'm what I'm trying to say is I know more math that I don't know about now than I did last year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we're being in, like like that's the idea of what I said because what I'm saying is as you get more advanced you start to see the amount of things that exist that you just are still so far from like when you learn one topic, you're like, oh my God, there are like 10 different subtopics with this, but I'm not doing it right now because that's advanced. And then you learn another topic and they're like, oh wait, there's like 20 more with this one too, but I'm not going to do that because that's advanced. I think. And I then think you keep going case. and then there's just more subtopics that just keeps coming at you. Yeah. yeah. I think that was the case last year, but not this year for me. Because last year, going from single variable to multivariable calculus. Okay, because we didn't do like, a mathematical course this year, man. Of course. I mean, I'm I saying, did. I did, but you know, wait, wait. it was more like I did linear algebra, and then oh no, the next I'm talking semester. about like a calculus based. I'm talking like a second year, because what we did, or like the quote, or the thing that I was thinking about, is because we were continuing the same class into second year. But I'm just saying, in general, when you're learning anything more advanced, you learn than more things that you don't know about because there's so many things in this world like quantum mechanics when you learned I'm assuming there are a lot of more things that you know this year than you did last year that you don't even understand right there's that's so many not, more that's things that's not actually that you don't... true um, like 
if you want to like specifically for quantum mechanics you kind of just like you just bite off what you can digest and you don't really mm-hmm. look at anything else so it's like i don't even know what's next to be honest okay okay so maybe quantum mechanics is different maybe quantum mechanics is like different. In, in terms of quantum mechanics like if i decide to keep going in quantum mechanics like once i get to that course they'll be like okay here's how we make things more complicated and then we just go on from there but right now it's like yeah we studied like this is the same thing for every calculus course you know in grade 12 you learn limits derivatives etc and then in first year you learn limits derivatives etc and then in second year limits derivatives <laughs> it's like you just keep restarting but you just make it harder mm-hmm. um so you kind of know what's coming but you don't really know how it's gonna come yeah um i don't really that know where important. i was going with this sentence but in terms of like quantum mechanics you do like observables uh spin polarization and then other things until you get to the hydrogen atom and then in the continuation of that course you just restart everything but make it more general and then now in the third iteration i don't even know what what's coming up like i know i know the very first unit is like perturbation theory but i don't even know how like that's gonna happen so Mm -hmm. uh, like i don't know if they just restart everything that we've already seen and they just introduce new things or if we just continue on so yeah we'll see well i mean that'll be interesting to see but point of this whole thing was basically the unknown is what intrigues us and Mm. the more there is (coughs) the more unknown there is the more you would want to know right very simple and that's basically the act of all science so I Let's think before get, before, uh, before we get to the podcast. No, no, this is the podcast, you know. I mean, I mean, yeah, or I guess not. Sorry, um, before we get into or yeah, before we get into the topic that we were going to talk about, comment of the week or I don't, I don't know which camera is going to be working, but comment of the week. So this week we have a wonderful comment from Shikamaru Nara, and he says, or sorry, they say, "Hey, you guys suck." Nah, bro, you guys are awesome. Your episodes are so well designed that a little kid like me can understand flawlessly. You guys showed me this amazing world of maths and physics, which schools ignore. Thank you so much. And one thing to mention, I just saw... Ra- oh, what? Oh, I didn't Oh, I didn't actually read this full, full, full <laughs> comment before, before saying it out because this is really cool. So uh, he says, thank you so much, y'all. And one thing to mention, I just saw Rehan's video in Calculus. And wow, the energy of him is just amazing. <laughs> okay, so he's referring to something on my personal channel. Wow, I didn't know anyone would find that, but I guess, I guess so. So I, was, I had this weird thing on my whiteboards you might be able to see in the video that I used to kind of stand on my whiteboards and just talk to myself and then just record it and put it on YouTube. And I used to love doing that. So I'm assuming that's what he's talking about. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that wonderful comment and somehow finding that video. But uh, yeah, <laughs> love to hear it. If you want to be uh, next week's comment of the week, just come on to this YouTube video here, subscribe, Mm -hmm. like, and uh, leave a comment. Also, brand new feature on Spotify. You can now rate the podcast five stars. So make sure to go go and do that. Rate the podcast five stars. You know, why not? Why not? Um, Why not? Yeah, other than that. I think that feature was always on Apple, but I don't think anyone. Yeah. It's not a big thing. So, Um, Spotify. Very excited that that's there. Real quick, before we talk about the pyramids, 
I just wanted to say something. A couple days ago, the James Webb Telescope officially launched into space. And it was a successful launch. Successful launch. It was. It's a $10 billion telescope, by the way. It's a 25-year project. Oh, this and thing was supposed this... to launch, like, every year for the last five yeah. years. <laughs> no, yeah. But uh, I watched, like, this super long, like, 30-minute video on it talking about, oh, like, yeah, all nice. of the all of the specifications of the telescope and the mirrors and it's absolutely like mind-blowing like i don't know i don't know if everybody knows what it looks like but basically there's like this wind solar shield and then there's a telescope behind that because it needs to operate at a very low temperatures and the the inside like the processor the image processor something like that it needs to operate at seven degrees kelvin seven degrees kelvin <laughs> that is cold and so they they, cool. they have this cooling system which actually works with acoustic waves like literally sound waves and so what it does is it 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 sets up this this standing wave where the high pressure and the low pressure areas are separated and because you know pv equals nrt the pressure is proportional to temperature what they do is they have like these these pipes that can conduct heat and so they have the high pressure area um conducting its heat into the the solar shield and so it just like radiates out into space and then they have another pipe in the low pressure area that um conducts like the lack of heat into the processor <laughs> and so it just keeps cooling it that way so that's pretty insane also there are there are a bunch of layers in the solar shield and i'm pretty sure if i remember correctly the thickest layer is 0.05 millimeters god damn the thickest one that is that is that is thick <laughs> That's crazy. That's it. Like zero point five millimeters. Zero point zero five. Zero five millimeters. Zero point oh zero five, and that's the thickest one. I'm pretty sure the thinnest one is like something in the nanometers. Like I don't even know how they like how it holds up. Who knows? Also, it's like this hexagonal, like this honeycomb shape for the mirrors, and they're all like modular. They're they can all like um, change their direction slightly you know it's for adjustments um but also one crazy thing is that the telescope is not serviceable because it's being launched to the lagrange point l2 which is a million miles away from the 1.5 million kilometers uh, kilometers i said miles but whatever um so it's going to be chilling there and so we don't actually have the technology to like send people to go and fix it so it's just not serviceable and so what they did if something were to happen to like if something went wrong with the focus uh the focal point of the mirror they had to you know they couldn't just send it out they they get back blurry photos and they're like oh well you know they just leave it there they actually made each of the modules that has like the the mirror on it they made them um like they're able to change their concavity yeah that makes sense i was actually just gonna ask if because yeah because that because that 100 100 no, so they can change like that. they can change their their direction like where they point and they can change their concavity so they can just adjust 
the whole focal point action. And yeah, go ahead. For for a reference, because um, I don't know if many people even understand how large 1.5 million kilometers is. Yeah. Hubble, for example, is like 500, 600 kilometers from the Well, it's orbiting the Earth. Orbiting the Earth. Yeah, it's like very, 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 very close. And that's our most sophisticated telescope out there. Mm-hmm. And this guy is now 1.5 million basically around and, and looking at an unrestricted view of the sky, which is much far, far greater than anything we could have ever achieved or even hoped to have achieved with the Hubble, right? Also yeah. because of atmospheric, a lot of things in there that it's obviously also being prevented. But the, the reason why it's going all the way out there is because these Lagrange points are basically points in the, I guess, the solar system, but it's pretty relative to the Earth and the sun and the moon, I guess. You, you do need to take that into consideration. Um, but essentially, there are these points where the forces kind of match up in a specific way that they can kind of just chill there, you know? And mm-hmm. over over the orbit of the Earth around the sun, it kind of, everything just works out so that the position relative to the Earth and the sun stays constant over time. And so we can kind of just send it there and leave it there. And with, you know, a minimal amount of fuel, we can just kind of adjust its position but it'll just naturally stay in the same relative position to the earth and the sun um so that's why we're sending it but why are we sending it to l2 is actually because it's the furthest away from the sun and because um the the james webb telescope is going to be looking at the most distant and earliest objects in the universe you know right after recombination which I don't know if we've talked about recombination on the podcast before, but uh, basically it's as soon as the universe went um, like transparent and you can actually see and photons could travel, it's going to be trying to capture those photons that have been traveling for 13.5 billion years. And the thing is they're really spread out and they're really um, redshifted. And so <clears throat> apparently in this video that I watched, it's going to be... Um, targeting these sources that emit or not emit it's going to be receiving one photon per second which is not that much (laughs) like i think the comparison was that if you look at a star like a bright star your eye receives a million photons per second (laughs) it's quite a lot smaller if you can make that comparison there um it's going to be looking at very dim very dim objects, very far away objects. And the thing is, if you remember, like electromagnetic radiation is um, like the energy is proportional or inversely proportional to the wavelength. And so in order to capture these really low energy photons or relatively low energy photons, you need to have... um, a very low amount of thermal energy in the in the receiver um that's why it has to be far away from the sun that's why there needs to be like a sun shield in order to Mm. block out all this thermal energy and also this like active cooler to keep everything cold also because because it's not directly on you know being cast by the earth that's why it also has to have significant yeah exactly l2 l2 is placed behind the earth Mm -hmm. relative to the sun earth system 
Mm-hmm. So it it'll take uh it'll take twenty nine days to get. Oh, there. you so know what launched. we totally forgot to do? We've, we we forgot yeah. to put the links to the things in last episode. You remember we shouted out some videos and stuff. We totally forgot to put the links. In. We're so bad. Because I was about so to say bad. I'll put the link to the video in the description and not remind we're me. So about... We're so bad. We forget. Yeah, we're so bad. Even the Kay. professor said, "Don't forget." I know. Us. I know. You know what? I'm actually gonna put a reminder in my phone right now to do that, and we'll put the links up on the last episode too. <laughs> oh my! I just remember that too, man. Yeah, that's no, terrible. That's we're hilarious. Terrible. Um, well, anyway, so so that's yeah, enough about James the James Webb, Webb I guess. Yeah. James Webb is really cool, man. Like, I mean, the main goal, the main objective for this telescope is mainly just to look at the, as you were talking, as, as you were saying, like those OG stars, let me say that. Yeah. The OG galaxies, you know, like those, those moments right after the Big Bang is really what it's trying to, is, is it really what it's trying to look at? And we can, I mean, hypothetically, we can really understand a lot more of the universe's starting point with this telescope because even though the big bang is a widely accepted theory mm-hmm. it's still just that it's still just the theory right yeah. so like there's still no it's, it's not the big bang law it's not the law of the big bang or something like that right so it's still it's still being theorized it's still being updated like what are the specifics here and there and this which is at the same time it is kind of a guess <laughs> you know the, like here the thing is we'll never be able to confirm 100 percent. i mean yeah obviously because we weren't there <laughs> i know that's the, that's the fun part though. <laughs> but it's obviously like we we have this evidence like we have the cmb that we can look at we can send really expensive telescopes to go look at it and it's like okay the fact that we see the cosmic microwave background radiation it has these properties and it looks like this and we have a certain method to date things we can make conclusions where it's like this is how this is a possible way that it could have happened that now billions of years later we see these consequences at the end of the day you know the universe could have been made up last thursday <laughs> that was a funny thing that <laughs> we talked about i love that theory last thursdayism that was a funny thing i absolutely love that yeah so um quick update before we get into the pyramids uh just quick little run through i do want to do for some 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 big events this year so in 2021 especially in physics we had two major major breakthroughs in the world of physics and those are two specific experiments the muon g minus two experiment and then i don't know if this experiment has a formal name but a theoretical time crystal so <clears throat> the muon g minus two we actually had a really cool episode on that with uh, don lincoln from fermilab the guy who literally runs the the laboratory. So definitely go check that episode out. He actually talks intensively about the muon G-2 experiment itself, what it means, why it's important, and why it basically shatters what we understand. But quick, quick rundown I'm going to give you guys. So the idea is that all these particles, uh, these fundamental particles, have some idea of spin of quantum mechanical spin that we understand. We've spoken about multiple times on the podcast. And when you put an external magnetic field on these particles, they basically start to wobble around or, or, or they basically start to wobble in this thing. And the amount of wobble or the magnetic wobble is referred to as the G factor. And Oh, you know, it's actually interesting. A, yeah. In, uh, in one of my 
problem sets. It was like an extra problem that you that wasn't uh, graded, but I did it. And actually, what we did is um, you did it. we we calculated <laughs> uh, what happens if you put like a like a particle that has a certain spin in a constant magnetic field that points in one single direction and so i actually solved yeah so i actually solved myself and saw that like the expectation value for the components of the spin um like the one that's in the direction of the magnetic field doesn't change but the the ones that are perpendicular to the magnetic field actually process at a uh at a rate that is like directly related to the strength of the magnetic field and so the stronger the magnetic field is the faster the spin processes around the axis that the magnetic field points in well that's interesting to know that's actually really cool that you actually has to do with like you know the wobble of the yeah 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 that's actually really cool so yeah Yeah. so that's basically the inherent g factor like a like an intrinsic magnetic compass almost because remember they have their own compass and you're putting an external compass you're like how much does it wobble so that's the G factor and the standard model of particle physics predicts G factors for certain, for all the particles, right? Like that's the whole point of the standard model. However, um, with a recent experiment a couple of years back, they did it on the muon and they found that the experimental results were about three sigma away from the standard model predictions. Now, sigma means standard deviations. And in, in like an experimentalist term, five standard deviations is significant enough to qualify for a new theory. So that's basically the idea. Five is a lot though. <laughs> like, five, yeah, yeah. So five like, standard deviations is enough to, to, to almost like solidify that a new theory is required yeah. or something is being misunderstood. So that was about three, 2.7, 2.6. So it was, it was something like that. And then they're like, oh my. Let's just do it again. So then Fermilab comes up and does it again. And this happened this year where they did it and they got a result that was almost 4.8 sigma away from the standard model. So this is literally almost calling for a new theory or we're just not understanding something about the original one. So again, we have one of two options. Either we're adding a particle, some other hidden particle is acting that we're not understanding or we're not understanding the original already existing particles, Damn. which is a really cool theory. Yeah, and I think on really the episode cool. itself, on the episode itself with Don Lincoln, he was talking about how right now we can't really tell if that's the answer, but they are doing significant experimentation. And I think he said like next year or by the year after, we would know if whether or not the model itself was incorrect. Because I believe I'm he actually... explained... He did something. He said something. Just go check out the episode. I I'm would actually, recommend everyone to check it out. I'm actually enticed to go and listen to it myself because I don't remember. <laughs> it's really cool, remember, man. Like, like we, no, we also have, I mean, I shouldn't, I mean, I guess I can say this, but we also have multiple clips on just yeah, the Muon G minus two part. So if you just want to check out that, you can also just go on our YouTube and check that out. He has a very, very, very well, I mean, obviously he's also a YouTube teacher. Like he teaches mm-hmm. on YouTube as well. Yeah. So like he's really, really good in terms of explanation. So definitely go check it out. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two, real quick. I don't think is, we have that much time actually. This is, I don't even like know enough about this. Depth. I don't even know enough about okay. it. I, I, yeah. I maybe have two sentences on so this. Just mention and these it, are yeah. time crystals. So time crystals, I would recommend you searching them up yourself because I do not know enough about them. I just know that it was a significant discovery that happened this very year. And basically... The whole thing with time crystals is that a regular crystal is arranged in 
like is arranged in a certain way in space. And that arrangement ch does not change over the course of time. A time crystal is one where the arrangement of the crystal is set in space-time. So it can actually continuously move throughout what we perceive as our temporal dimension. Damn. So it's really advanced. Again, <laughs> I would recommend you search it up yourself. Damn. Uh, the time crystal, really cool discovery made this very year. And it Whoa. actually it, it breaks like time translational symmetry. So it was like, a, okay, this is a big thing. And it was just it was just some significant understanding of basically basic perpetual motions because that if you think about it uh, like time crystals are basically perpetual motion machines because again they can like move from these things without taking any energy away because they're moving through time. Hmm. So it's really cool. Wow. Again, if that explanation wasn't good enough, just search it up yourself because you'll probably get a better one. But definitely worth searching up. All right. All right. Let's get into it. So now. <laughs> A little bit of pyramid talk. Now, here's the thing. Pyramids, there's a lot of unknowns. But let's talk about some of the things that we do know. Well, we know, I think this is the best thing that there is to know. And we know that they are there, which means that they were made <laughs> at some point. That is undeniable, yeah. right? Thank and that's, that's one of the things that makes it so interesting is that we actually, we have theories. You know, how, how were they built? We have theories, but we actually don't know for sure how they were made. Now, let me present to you some facts, okay? <laughs> and I will make you have your own conclusions, okay? Um, <laughs> just here's a little disclaimer. I am a big fan of believing that aliens built the pyramids. <laughs> here's the thing. The reason, the reason why I'm a big fan of this is because it's, it's just fun. You know, it's fun to be like, oh yeah, the aliens made it. And the reason why I can, you know, say a lot of people be like, oh, you believe in aliens built up. It's like, people think it's stupid, but it's like, yeah, well, you don't know how they built, how humans did it either. So, you know, your, your guess is as good as mine. Anyways, here's some, here's some cool stuff about the pyramids. Um, 2.3 million blocks were used in the one, the Great Pyramid, right? 2.3 million that's blocks. That's Khufu. Khufu's, that, that, that's Khufu's, right? Like, do you know yeah. the names? Because I know there's... there's I mean, Khufu, they're, they're called... Cheops, and there's some They others. have different names in, like, different Because they were all after pharaohs, right? Basically, yeah. quick rundown of the pyramids. They were basically built because these pharaohs who own, like, everything were like, yo, I want a really cool tomb. So yeah. let's just make the most. Wait, why was it a pyramid shape though? Isn't there like a reason? I don't Isn't know like about a, the is, shape. I don't know. I think it, it was just like, know. it was just the thing, you know? It's like the power, you know? The shape is power. But like, why was it know. like, I don't know. Like they could have made just like a block. Like that a, would be way like, harder though to build. <laughs> you're probably right. That would you're be way harder right. to build. <laughs> yeah, no, you're probably right. Pyramid's <laughs> like, probably the easiest thing to make. Yeah, you're yeah, probably right. You're probably right. Yeah. You're probably right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now here's something that's, pretty to me is incredible i can't Let's believe it. it so there were like three types of stones that were used to to build the pyramid now one of the types was granite and the granite stones were actually transported 900 kilometers away from the site of construction of the pyramids now get this you might be asking like how do they know that well there are no like granite 
deposits or whatever you call them like mm. spots where you get near the granite from and the closest like place that they could have got gotten the granite from was 900 kilometers away so like undoubtedly that's where they went because why would they go f- further away to get the you know anyways um the point is these granite stones were used in the king's chamber right these pristine stones were used in the king's chamber now get this <laughs> these stones weighed between 25 and 80 tons each now two things that should be blowing your mind they carried stones that were 25 to 80 tons 900 kilometers away with no cars <laughs> no like mechanical technology right like i'm pretty sure people say that it was either like boats no i'm no i'm gonna explain to you how they did that i'm gonna explain to you how they did that or it was like you know they they put the the logs and they just pushed them against the logs which i can't believe that but anyways so um, yeah there's an answer to that the second thing though second thing that's the first thing 900 kilometers away big granite stones here's the thing the king's chamber is 45 meters above the base of the pyramid 45 meters up which means that somehow they had some technique that could literally haul now i i should have done this now that i think about it i should have calculated the amount of gravitational potential energy that it takes that to actually lift no it would be a very easy calculation but i'm saying i didn't do it but mm-hmm. that the sheer amount of energy to just haul those stones 45 meters above the base mm-hmm. is just so crazy. Okay. So insane. So let me, let me try and answer them with the best of my knowledge and what I could find. So the first one has actually an answer, has a very famous answer that we actually have hieroglyphs of outside a lot of these pyramids and outside a lot of these, not, not the pyramids, sorry, outside a lot of these tombstones. So, how did they haul these huge cinder blocks all of these hundreds of kilometers away? Because it was basically like there was sand. Like, what are you, how are you going to take them out? Uh, like, you know, how, how are you going to, how are you going to carry them? Here's the genius of the Egyptians. These guys knew physics. So what they did was um, they put these blocks on these sleds and they would pull them through the sand. But now you must be wondering, that's still crazy heavy. Like, that's not any lighter than just pushing the block itself. However, what they would do, and this you can actually see on a hieroglyphic image that they painted outside one famous tomb, where there is an individual that is constantly pouring something into the sand in on this hieroglyph. You see this, in, like, just pouring. You see these two individuals on either side pouring this thing into the sand, before, like, in front of the sled. That's water, straight up. So wow. water, interestingly enough, decreases, significantly decreases the kinetic friction when on sand. So basically what the water did was it kind of lumped it up in a way where the friction drastically decreased to the point where if you have a hundred like or a thousand people pulling this huge block, it's significantly easier. 
So this is actually true fact, because again, I mean, it was hieroglyphs. So, I mean, we're assuming that this was how it's done. And there were huge, like huge things that they would carry with like hundreds of people carrying it. And like these individuals on the front row just pouring water, just pouring right amount of water. You can't just dump water in there. There's a certain amount of water you need to not make it too clumpy, but to make it just enough so that the friction is greatly reduced. And obviously, they were smart guys. I mean, they built a goddamn pyramid, so they knew how much water to put. Mm-hmm. So that answer actually does exist. Now, how they got it to the top, no one really knows. Like, there are a lot of theories. Like, the most famous theory is the ramp theory. But there's, there's no real answer to, like, how they really got it up there. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, no one really knows. And so, so the, what, what yeah, like, actually happened is the <laughs> Just, you know, the aliens just had, you know, their anti-gravity pockets that they would just put the blocks up. And then obviously the pharaohs, the pharaohs were like, yo, if I just say that I built this, people are going to think that I'm like the most powerful leader of all time. Obviously, why would you, why would you not take credit? 100%, 100%. These unbelievable feats Right. Yeah, the, no. the alien. No, no, I, I believe you. Like the aliens came from another world to our world, built something for us, and then. Left. I mean, it's the same universe, but you know. Why? <laughs> Why? Why would you ever do that? Why would you build something in another person's no. planet and then just here, leave? Here, because you want to let them know that you exist, and here's why. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Okay. And how do fine. we know? How do we know that they exist? Well, here's one thing, that is universal, right? Around the universe. The speed of light is the same. Okay, the speed around. of light thing is crazy. Are, 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 are you going to pull it up right now? Are you going to yeah. pull that fact out? Here's the thing. That's there, a crazy there are, fact. There are a lot of um, reasons why this is just a coincidence. Okay, and this, I will, is, this I will, is crazy. This I will, I will admit... Them. This I will admit is absolutely mind-boggling to me yeah. too. Like I just can't so, wrap my head around this. So the speed of light is constant in the whole universe. And if an, an intelligent civilization were to pop up somewhere... What's the one sign that like, okay, you are officially a super intelligent civilization? Well, you figure out the speed of light because no matter where you are in the universe, you'll come up with the same number. Even, you know, it might be in a different, a different base, a different like counting system, different units, but it'll be the same quantity. Now, the speed of light is 2997924584588 meters per second. And the latitude of the Great Pyramid of Giza is 29979245 degrees, which is the exact same thing as the, <laughs> the exact same number as the speed of light. So if you were to think about it, um, you know, aliens are like, we're going to make this crazy building that there's no way that the humans would be able to build themselves. And we're going to put it at the exact coordinate of the speed of light so that when they figure out the speed of light and they make that connection, they'll be like, oh, there you go. That's that's why they put it there. But now, here's the thing. Here's a lot of reasons why this is not connected in any way. Number one, how did they know we were counting in base 10? And also, how did they know that our units were in meters and in seconds? Because why would they have the same measure for time and the same measure for distance? Also... How did they know that we would calculate the latitude in degrees when you can literally separate angles into any any 
you know, measure you want to. So the fact that they got all those things right at the same time and they guessed that we would have all these things kind of makes it makes you think like, wow, maybe there is no real correlation between the two values. But it's insane that they line it up is. so well. It is. <laughs> like I, I don't even know where to like that's that is actually that 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 is really crazy that's one thing that damn i don't even know where to begin yeah. from on that factoid like that's just mind-boggling to me there's a lot of exact point. there's also a lot of like speculative things like if you calculate like if you draw a circle between the peak like that intersects the peak and the base corner it has like the same ratio between like the earth and like something else. Isn't like, there also like the peaks line up with some special stars? Yeah, they do. Or something like that too, they right? They do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm they pretty sure that was on purpose though. That was for sure on yeah, purpose. Yeah, I think that was on purpose. Like they'd actually line up. Oh my God, we should really know this talking about the permit. <laughs> but it's like three very famous stars that they line no, up with. I guess the, the, the thing about talking about the pyramids is that we're not really historians or geologists. It's just whatsoever. Cool. It, it's just cool whatsoever. to talk about, and it has to do with physics because you know speed of light and also like civil engineering is. Yeah, really like cool. how do they get these blocks up there? You know, like exactly. also interestingly enough, these pyramids, and this is actually not known to a lot of people. Um, these pyramids were covered in in marble, granite, and gold at one yeah. point. Like the tops of all these pyramids yeah. were covered in gold. And it was, it was, again, I can't remember his name for the life of me, but it was some king at that time that came into Egypt and basically like literally rode all of the pyramids, right? Like if you look at the pyramids now, you can tell that they've kind of been chipped off. Like someone, like if you actually. Oh, Ray, again, you didn't even mention that you were there. <laughs> I actually was there. Yes, you were. In fact, thank you. you. So actually, me and my family, I went to Egypt a couple of years back and we saw the pyramids and the Sphinx and everything. And we had this tour guide basically telling us this whole story. And this is so knowledgeable, man. These tour guides are basically better than Google. I'm not even joking. <laughs> like, they're crazy. Anyways, um, so this guy's talking about how these pharaohs were literally so rich that they could do whatever they wanted with all this. And because the, the biggest advantage, the biggest advantage that these people had over anything and this is going to sound very bad in this day and age, but like the biggest advantage, fact or not, was slaves. Like clear cut, the fact that they didn't care how many people died along the way was the reason that they could do this. Or, or at least it was what accelerated them doing it in the first place. Right. So pyramids, super cool. Uh, I don't know if we gave you a lot of information that you probably mm. don't already know, but at least we were really interested in it. And someone asked us to talk about it. Yeah. So here we are. Um, now, unfortunately, we do have like time obligations right now, and so we can't keep this episode going. No, but I, we do we even have? I think, I think, it. I think, I mean, I think we're good. I think if we could get any sort of historian yeah, no, from U cool. of T or something really cool. to talk about the pyramids, yeah, that would be, really be mind blowing. Cool. Let yeah. us know in the description or in the comments or whatever if you want us to do something like that. That would be really cool. Yeah, actually, we might just do. Yeah, I mean, that does sound really cool. So <laughs> yeah, we might it sounds just do really that. cool. Yeah. 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 Anyways, so, mm-hmm. I hope uh, you guys enjoyed this Christmas special episode. Eh, where we holiday just talk special. About Let's say holiday, holiday special. <laughs> the holiday yeah. special episode where we talk about just random stuff. Yeah, basically. It was. It was. We pretty, spoke about was, basically, basically the planned, recap but... of the year, and then some cool fan stuff. Like basically, yeah. that's what we did. We kind of spoke about the year. We spoke about some year in physics, year yeah. of our podcast. As you, as you guys all know, if you checked out our Instagram. 
We had a really yeah. cool wrapped on Spotify this year. You know, we we went from we went to top 11 in the on the chart. So that was really cool. Anyways, um Always, I think yeah. that was basically this episode. Yeah. Everyone have a lovely rest of your year. Make have sure a great to 2022. <laughs> make sure to follow the episode and rate the episode 5 stars on Spotify. This has been number 92. I am your host Parker and I'm Ray. And we shall see you next year. Bye, guys.